Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Spiritual Unity Radio Network, a station dedicated to the concept that all manifestations of the divine are equally valid. Join Reverend Terry Power HP, Robin McKean, and all the hosts for programming covering a wide range of spiritual topics right here on Blog Talk Radio. Minister read a few paragraphs 
I was astounded, truly astounded at what I was hearing. It took my breath away. And within weeks, I found a wonderful Urantia book study group in Soho, hosted by Robin and Helene Jorgensen, that met every Tuesday night throughout the year. I now have been studying the Urantia book for over 35 years and counting. Uh, What a life-changing experience to explore this awesome, truly loving and expansive book. Now, the word Urantia, and that is spelled U-R-A-N-T-I-A, means our planet Earth. So the Urantia book was written for all the people everywhere on this planet. I currently have uh, outreach. I'm currently an outreach chair of the Urantia Society of Greater New York, uh, made up of Urantia book readers from New York, New Jersey, and Connecticut. And I've been the past president and also have held other positions as well. Now, I'm hosting the Urantia Book Study Group in Manhattan in the West Village, sponsored by the Urantia Society of Greater New York, and that meets the first and third Sundays of each month throughout the year from 1 to 2 o'clock at the GLBTQ Center. Now, that's located at 208 West 13th Street. The Urantia Book Study Group is free of charge and open to all. We read a section of the book and then stop and discuss what we've just read as we go through it. And I would venture to say that all those in attendance, whether they're brand new readers or readers who have been reading for many years, uh, find it a very rewarding experience on many, many levels. Again, everyone is welcome to join us. Please let me know that you would like to attend and be happy to provide you with the uh, full details. Now, you can reach me at my uh, email address, and let me give you that. N-I-C-K-N-Y-N-Y, the number one, at gmail.com. The Arantia book has now been translated into 23 world languages with more on the way. And the Arantia book is sold at better bookstores worldwide. And you can also not only read it, but listen to it on the Internet. So that's a great way to get a preview of the book. I'm going to give you two websites that are both excellent to do that. The first one is U-R-A-N-T-I-A-B-O-O-K dot O-R-G. And the other website is U-R-A-N-T-I-A dot N-Y-C. They're both excellent websites, and I recommend that you try them both. Okay, gets right to it. Uh, tonight's my featured guests on the program are very dear and longtime friends of mine, Richard and Denise Don from New Jersey. A very warm welcome to you both. Hi, Nick. Hi, Nick. Thanks for having us. Hey, great to, great to have you here, and thank you so much for being as generous with your time as you are tonight. Um, I would like to just very briefly uh, talk a little bit about uh, each of your backgrounds, and then we'll get into into it further. So, Richard, uh, let me let me start uh, with you. First of all, where where were you born? Uh, Auckland, New Zealand. It's, uh, New Zealand. That's a long ways away. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Wow. Uh, Auckland is the largest city in New Zealand, but by U.S. standards, it's probably only a medium-sized city. Right. And and was were you born in like a city there, or was it? Um, was it more of a country thing? What was it like? Pretty suburban, really. Okay. And did you, were you born into a big family with brothers and sisters or the only child? 
Yeah, just a, I guess, regular size family, three kids. I'm the oldest of three. Um, my sister's two and a half years younger than me, and then my brother's uh, about six years younger. That's a nice, that's a nice family. And, and if you will, just briefly, what were your uh, mom and dad like? Well, uh, my dad is pretty uh, conservative kind of a guy. Um, he was a he had his own business uh, doing landscape gardening, um, uh-huh. and uh, my mother's probably a little bit more outgoing, but uh, she uh, got her college degree in optometry and ran her own business as an optometrist. Excellent, excellent. And were they at all a spiritual uh, when you were growing up? Yeah, I was raised in what Americans would call an evangelical Christian church. And um, uh, in some ways it was um, a bit cult-like, uh, unfortunately, but... Um, most comparable to evangelicals here in the U.S. Okay, and then, and that was several years there? Yeah, since I was born until uh, I left in my early teens. Okay, right, right, right. And um, so, so, okay, so that, that takes care of that part of it. And as far as schooling uh, and all that, just take us briefly to uh, your schooling. Uh, just, uh, the regular schooling, the system's a little different, uh, in New Zealand. Um, but I completed what you would call high school. And, um, then instead of going straight to college, I decided to travel. Um, so I did some travel to Europe and then I would come back and do some work and earn some money again in New Zealand and then go traveling again. And uh, so I did that a a few times. Was that traveling in Europe or America or other places? Yeah, to Europe. um, But uh, since Asia is on the way to Europe, I stopped (laughs) there a couple of times uh, just on the way. Um, Had a stop in Singapore had one in, in Bali and in Bangkok, so a couple little places like that. Not a great amount of time, like just a day or two, but yeah. Okay. And um, when did you uh, find something called the Urantia book, or when did the Urantia book find you? Uh, when? How did that happen? Well, uh, I had... Uh, been doing some travel and uh, I'd met Denise and um, we were spending the summer together and we, were, we used to watch this show called Strange Universe. It oh, was, yes. Um, I know it well. Yes. Yeah, it was one of those um, uh, unexplained type of shows where they just talk about unexplained things mm-hmm. in life. And um, so... Of course, uh, at the end of every show, they would have a preview for the next show. And uh, one day at the end of the show, they announced that the next show would be about the Alien Bible. So, <laughs> Oh, I've heard that before, too. <laughs> right, the Alien Bible, that's what some people had called it. Right, I remember that. 
Oh, boy. So um, I was really interested and uh, definitely watched the next show, and they did a segment on the Urantia book. They kind of sensationalized it a little bit, but uh, uh, overall it was yeah, pretty... I'm sure they would do that, yeah. <laughs> it was pretty fair, though, overall. Um, That's good. Uh, if, if anyone's interested, you can watch it on YouTube if you just search for Urantia Strange Universe. You know, I'd like to see that again. Thank you for that, Richard. Uh, I'm going to do that. That would be that would be fun to see that. So that that once you and then you went to a library or you went to to the bookstore. How do you how do you access it? Yeah, uh, I was pretty uh, immediately interested, really, and so I wrote the name down um, because it was a bit of a strange name, Urantia. Nope. And um, it, I wasn't uh, working at the time, so I had plenty of time to go down and get it from Barnes and Noble, and um, bought it and just started reading it until late at night. And uh, yeah, um, I, I, I would. Uh, I didn't. I kind of started at the beginning, and and the. Uh, beginning can get a bit tough going so I was looking through the titles of all the papers and found some really interesting titles about um, Adam and Eve and Lucifer and things like that and you know with a Christian background those things were um, immediately interesting so I uh, pretty much skipped to the Lucifer papers and which is about probably a third of the way through the book and then uh, just started reading to the end from there. No, I did something very similar to you, and that is when I got the book, I went right to the chapter headings, and some of them just stood out so much, I just couldn't wait to read them and what they were saying. And then, of course, the fourth, uh, it's in four parts, and the fourth part of the book, the major section is the uh, the teachings of, of G- life and teachings of Jesus. And, of course, that I knew something about from uh, being a, a raised a Roman Catholic. So that certainly also piqued my interest, and I, I was going through that. And uh, I remember I had plans on, on the weekend. I was going to do a few things, and I canceled all of them <laughs> because I literally couldn't put the book down. I just had to stay home and go through it. It was one of those things that I just had to do it. So I share that with you. That, that's how... I was uh, also uh, dealing with this, like what what in the world is going on, and what what are they saying, and how does that affect me? And boy, it just it, one thing led to the next. Okay, Richard, I'm going to go to to Denise, if I may now. So, uh, Denise, uh, if you if I may, I could ask you uh, similar questions. Uh, also, uh, where were you born and raised? So um, I was born in um, Parma, Ohio. Um, so nice Midwest girl. Um, yep. And then moved to um, studied fashion design, and pretty much from junior year of um, middle school, I had always uh, dreamt of moving to New York City. So, fashion design automatically kind of opened me up to move to New York. So, upon graduation from college, I moved out to New York City. Like and a heat missile, you just went right. Me too. <laughs> exactly. After graduation, I got on a bus and immediately with my portfolio, here I am. Yep. yep, that's how I was. Had my portfolio, moved to the city, and said goodbye to all my family and friends and decided to start a new life in uh, the Big Apple. 
and that's really that's gutsy. That is no, that is gutsy uh, to to do that. And you didn't know anybody here in the city, any relatives or friends at the time. Um, I had a couple um, friends that uh, studied with me at university that had moved out here as well to work in the fashion industry. So I did have a couple girls from college, but other than that, I didn't have any relatives or uh, tri-state guarantors to help me get apartments or figure out and navigate the city. So it was pretty much me just uh, figuring my way through Manhattan, which I loved and I enjoyed every minute of it. Oh, I, I totally agree with what you just said. I can totally identify with that. Now, uh, Denise, do you have any brothers or sisters growing up? Yeah, I'm I'm similar to Richard. I'm the oldest of three, um, oh. and I have two younger brothers. So, But I'm the oldest just like Rich is with a fa- similar family size, and our siblings are all – Rich and I are uh, six months different in age, and then our siblings are pretty close in age too, so we come from a very similar family structure. Oh, boy, that's great. And also, just a little bit about what your mom and dad were like growing up. So, um, you know, my my mom was home with me for most of my childhood for stay at home. Um, But then later on, she um, studied nursing. So she it wasn't until I was a teenager that she started working outside of the home. So I always had her home with me and we would cook together and do uh, arts and crafts and sewing and things like that. And then my dad was, um, he was a a tradesman for um, an automaker in um, Ohio and worked, you know, a factory job. Um, But nice, nice upbringing in Ohio with good family. A little similar to, a little different from Richard is I do have a very large extended family. So um, holidays for my family were always big and lots of different relatives and family members around. Richard's family was a little bit more just the, the immediate uh, family and mine, lots of extended family. Right, right, right. I know what that's like. Uh, my mother and father both came from, I think, uh, seven children each side, the Italian side and the Irish side. So, yeah, it was uh, Christmas is always the time when, when all, all heck breaks loose and you, you get to see your cousins and everybody else, your moms and uncles and, and all that. Um, it's quite wonderful. Now, were they a spiritual growing up? So um, I was brought up in Roman Catholic uh, Church, which um, the, the church that I attended with my family was the same one that both my mom and dad grew up in. Um, I went to private, the private Catholic uh, grade school and then continued on with a Catholic high school education as well. So traditional Roman Catholic um, American style upbringing. Did you have uh, nuns for teachers? I sure did, yeah, and uh, had an aunt that was a nun and always always um, loved going to the convent and visiting her and all the other nuns that were her friends. Um, and, yeah, for quite a while I used to admire my aunt and uh, thought that might be my life choice when I was, I believe, in second grade, but uh, found Richard and that that changed. <laughs> Right. Oh boy, that's uh, that, that that that's great and uh, similar to me too, uh, as far as far as that goes. Um, so, so Denise, I would I love I love I heard this story uh, and about how you and Richard met, and I I just think our listeners would would love to hear that. So, would you mind just giving us Richard? Can you also uh, talk with with Denise? Are you can you do that? Are you on the speakerphone? Yeah, I can. Uh, 
Well, Denise tells the story much better than me, so I think I'll, <laughs> I'll let her. Uh... <laughs> yeah, people enjoy my rendition of the story a little bit more. I'm a bit more of a storyteller. <laughs> yeah, I'll oh, give right. you the basic facts, and she can give you all the frills. Well, Denise, you have wet our appetite, so please, <laughs> please go ahead with that. So it was um, – I had moved to New York City in um, in June of 97. Uh, so I'd been in the city for uh, about six months, and it was March of 98 when um, I went – I had some friends that happened to be in town from my hometown, so they called me and asked me to meet them in Times Square. At that point, there was a, a bar on 46th Street between um, – on 8th Avenue, and it was called Scruffy Duffy's. And so I had gotten a phone call from some of my Ohio friends that were visiting NYC to ask if I would come down and uh, have a beer and catch up with them. Um, I was a bit reluctant to go, but uh, ended up, you know, realizing that I had friends in town and I should, you know, go down and say hi and at least, you know, have one mm-hmm. beer and catch up with the friends. And sure. uh, was sitting was sitting at the bar, having a good time with my friends, catching up. And every time I looked down at the end of the bar, I would catch eyes with Rich, um, which at that point I didn't realize he he had come in. He was living in London at the time and had got a, re, a really cheap flight from London to check out New York, and he had never been to New York. Um, wow. He actually stumbled in on Scruffy Duffy's because he saw it had an Irish flag and it had the pool table in the front. So, uh, I wasn't literally stumbling. No, not literally stumbling. <laughs> but he he made his way into Scruffy Duffy's and uh, started shooting pool with uh, a gentleman that was uh, at the bar. And I wasn't really one to approach approach uh, not overly flirtatious. So uh, I wasn't really doing anything. Uh, to progress the relationship, but needless to say, the gentleman that Rich was shooting pool with finally came up to me and said, could I introduce you to my friend? And I said, if you introduce me, that would be great. And uh, he walked me over and introduced me to Rich. And of course, uh, you know, well, they, the listeners can't see Rich, but I was already taken aback by his, his good looks. And, and then when he um, started talking and I heard the sweet accent, I was kind of a bit enamored and interested, and we ended up talking for a while. Um, and at that, and kissing at the back. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was pretty much love at first sight for me. I was pretty taken aback with him. Uh, but we ended up talking for quite a while, and the thing that was really interesting to me is, um, so right, I went to, straight from high school, straight to college, studied fashion design, and then moved straight out to New York City. But one of my other dreams from from childhood was always to travel Europe and I never really got the chance to do that unlike Rich I didn't really take time off in between my studies and travel around and do all those excursions like he did so part of our conversation was as Rich was living in London when we met um, and he was just on a five-day holiday to New York City but he was going back to London to drive tour buses throughout Europe and so I had shared with him how much that sounded great. And I would love to do something like that at some point. So he, as we were talking, he said, well, if you give me your contact information, I'd love to send you postcards during my travels around Europe, which Mm -hmm. I thought either he's a very slick operator getting a woman's contact (laughs) information or, or this might be very nice. I would love to get all these postcards because during our conversation, he had told me 
he was going to be, you know, traveling Europe quite extensively and seeing pretty much most of the country. So um, I gave him my information. And finally, my friends at the end of the night, they were ready to move on to another place. And so I said my goodbyes to Rich and moved on. And he ended up calling me the, the following day. And we ended up um, meeting back up and spending time together. And I, I literally went home at the end of that night, literally telling my roommate at the time that I was pretty certain I found the man that I could marry. And they wow. laughed at me and they thought I was ridiculous. And they said, we're not going to let you go out anymore. These are the kind of crazy things you come home and tell us. <laughs> <laughs> they said, we're going to buy you your pint of haagen and your bottle of Merlot now because we're pretty certain you're not marrying this this man you met at Scruffy Duffy's. Um so that was kind of funny. At the, at the night of our wedding, I did a toast to those friends and let them know that they were wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Good for you. Absolutely. Good for you. And the odds uh, in New York City being such a gigantic place for you would both be at that same place. And Richard with such a limited amount of time and that yet, yet you, you were there and uh, connections were made. Uh, that's such a romantic, wonderful story. Thank you so much. Well, I have to laugh because the gentleman that introduced us, when he introduced us, we both were laughing with him, kind of because he took it upon himself. It wasn't like him and Rich were in cahoots. He kind of just came up and said, I want to introduce you to my friend. Uh, mm -hmm. His name was Aris, and we laughed with him that night and said, wow, what if this ends up turning into something really wonderful? You should give us your contact information so we can stay in touch. Um, right which we, we have lost touch with Arif, but now we laugh and say he must have been an angel. Because honestly, if it wasn't for him introducing right. us, neither of us were going to go up and talk to one another. Um, it really was, it was the actions of that stranger introducing us that really made the connection. That is such a wonderful story. That really is. And who knows, who knows if he indeed was an angel. And he was an angel on some levels. Of course he In was. In my right? mind, he's an angel, and I'll always follow that. <laughs> yeah. Well, I hope at some point that you, you, you three can, can somehow reconnect. I just think that would be an amazing, awesome uh, uh, event if you could somehow do that in the future. I, I really wish that for you both. Now, Richard, uh, would you want to add to that story or give us a, maybe a little more of your, your perspective? <laughs> well, yeah, it was just uh, pretty funny the way it happened uh, with this guy that I just met and started playing pool with suddenly deciding to introduce me to someone that he didn't know either. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we really hit it off and then uh, – I forget whether it was the next night or the night after um, we met and um, I suggested a carriage ride in Central Park. Um, nice. Which I, you know, I wasn't even, I, I, I was, I guess I was thinking more in tourist mode than being romantic, but of <laughs> course that was. <laughs> I thought it was purely romantic. I didn't realize he was. Thinking a tourist. <laughs> and I thought this is the most romantic date anybody's ever offered to take me on. It's great. That's a great way to do that. So you did get in the carriage and you, you did tour the uh, Central Park for a while? Yeah, so on the, the day after that, we met, the, uh, Mar it was March 18th in 1998. And then the next day he called me in the morning and asked if he could um, spend some more time with me. And I went, we, I, I tried to rattle off some places in the city, but soon realized 
he literally only knew the Times Square area where he was staying. So I said, just meet me back at Scruffy Duffy's. And so I walked in that evening and I'd never seen anybody so happy to see me. Like he was just, he had this gorgeous smile and he was so excited to see me. And I truly went that night back to Scruffy's with really no expectations. I thought, you know, maybe this is just going to be me having a drink at the bar with this guy. And honestly, he lives halfway around the world probably nothing will come of this. Um, but when I walked in and said, you know, what did you want to do? Do you want to just hang it at the bar? He said, he, he was the one that said, no, I thought it would be really great if we did a carriage ride in Central Park, which um, again, I, I, I thought it was purely romantic. And meanwhile, he was thinking it would be a great tourist thing to do because he was, <laughs> was his first time in the city. And, no. you know, it was March, so it was still a little colder and we were snuggled up under a blanket in the back of the carriage with the lights all lit up in Central Park, and it was really, it was probably one of the most, it was definitely the most beautiful date I'd ever been, ever been on in my life. So for me, the the feelings of definitely this is my dream man were only getting heightened. <laughs> I remember That's being shocked at the price story. of the, uh, the carriage ride as well, but of course I didn't say anything at the time, <laughs> but <laughs> of course back the price back then probably is cheap compared to today's price, but. Yeah, yeah but we were also poor in our in our mid twenties, uh, so yeah, <laughs> money sure. was a sure. totally different thing for us back in those days. Yeah, I like I, I get that. So, Rich, I got to ask you now. At that time, when you were meeting Denise for the first time and you were exploring, now it, had you had you at that time read the Arantia book or parts of it at that point? No, no, not at all. It was much um, later that you that you did that. Yeah, that was in March of 98, and it wasn't until the summer of 98 that we were watching that uh, Strange Universe show together. Oh, you were together, I see. And so she saw the same program that you did, and you yeah. uh, it sparked you to, to buy the book. Yeah. Right. Yeah, so, so what happened after we met is uh, Rich, of course, went back to London to – start his tour bus job. And I, of course, was still in New York with my apartment and working my um, job in the fashion industry. Um, but we continued to stay in touch, um, which back in the, back in those days, this was like really when email and the internet was just Not starting even. to, Not even. Um, I had an email account through my office, but I didn't have a personal and we were just starting to get that phone dial up internet. <laughs> And so we were we were taking every bit of available money we had and buying those international calling cards oh, yeah. um, to call each other. And so, um, of course, while he was in London, calls were cheaper to New York than when he would be traveling to smaller countries. So at one point, he had kind of told me, I'm probably not going to be in contact with you for a couple weeks because I'm going to be in some smaller countries where the phone rates would be exceptionally high. So he said, mm -hmm. don't be upset when you don't hear from me. I'll call you in a couple of weeks when I'm back in London, um, and which I thought was really nice of him to, to give me a heads up on that because I would have probably worried if he just stopped calling. Um, Absolutely. And then literally a few days later, he had called me after he told me he wouldn't call me for a couple of weeks, which I was a little surprised and when he called, he said, I have good news and I have bad news. And the uh, so I said, give me the uh -oh. bad news first. The yep. bad news was is that he wasn't going to continue on with the bus driving job and the tour bus job. And so we then went on to the good news, which he said, I was thinking about coming back to New York City. 
and spending oh the summer. Oh, wow. Which, which is what ended up happening. He came and spent the summer in New York City. Um, and pretty much, yeah, within a, a week or two, he was pretty much living with me. Um, and that's kind of how we spent that summer together. Right, 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 right. That's uh, that's a wonderful story. And and so Richard was, was going through the Rancho Book at points. And Denise, did that also catch your attention or, or not? So that's kind of where Rich and I differ. Um, I think Richard's background with his um, Christian upbringing, he's definitely more into reading and exploring things than I am. I don't know if it's the, you know, I'm, it just, no, it didn't really uh, strike a nerve with me like it did with Rich, but I respected okay. what he was interested in. And um, that's, yeah, so it's it's been something that he can talk to me about, but it doesn't, I find the book a little too difficult Reading-wise, I find it a real chore to try to read through it. Um, yeah, well, let's be honest. You're you're right. Uh, my study group just just finished the uh, part one of the four parts of the book, part one, which is incredibly difficult. It it's always surprises me that the first you would think it would be easier, and then as you progressed in the book, it would then get harder. But as it turns out, that first section is incredibly difficult to get through, and. Uh, I said to my study group, we just let it pass through you, let it pass over you. They're just giving you some uh, very basic uh, uh, insights of, of, of the big picture, and so you don't have to memorize it all. Just let it let it let it go past you, and just kind of absorb what you can. But don't worry about it. And that's how we that's how we got through the first section of the book, and we just finished it last Sunday. Oh, fantastic! I mean, Rich yeah. does kind of give me sometimes cliff notes versions of things and he'll tell me about it and he might read to me some of it but when I try to read it and I have tried to read some of it myself it just it hasn't been something that's grabbed me but I also do think that him and I are on different we're in different places right now um he definitely is more what did we discuss the other night because we were talking about this you're kind of more in the quest to figure out deeper meanings of things and I'm kind of more in this self-discovery and kind of cracking the code on me as opposed to cracking the code on the universe okay so I I read more things that are more self-help and to try to understand me in this planet and Rich is really into this bigger universal picture than I'm interested in right now like for me I'm I'm kind of like I'll get there when I'm supposed to get there, and I'll, I'll see it when it's for me. But Richard's very curious about that. Well, the Rancher book does have a lot to say about our, ourselves as well. Um, but uh, you know, just for anyone who's listening. Uh, but as you say, you know, it doesn't ring your bell. So you know, I'm not going to push the issue. <laughs> I mean, we well, both have a healthy respect for one another and what we enjoy and what's you know but i also can take an interest in what he's doing because i know it brings him immense pleasure and it really stimulates something for him of course of course and, and that's the whole the whole point of that is is to sharing and allowing each other to be in in that space that's important to you at the time and that's that's certainly the fabric that will hold everything together uh, is is the understanding and giving the other person that 
that wonderful latitude and freedom to to explore uh, what 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 is currently uh, important to them. Uh, that's really important, and uh, I, I I I love that that you that you are like that and that you do do that. I I know of some couples who have come from very different uh, spiritual backgrounds, different religions, and then bringing and then one of them or both of them finding the Arantia book and. And then that is a, an amazing dynamic to then start exploring that, which is very different on a lot of levels from what they were used to. Um, so, yeah, I can, I can really understand that. Uh, Denise, I got to go back for one second because you said something that rang a bell with me. Is that one of my aunts on my Italian side of the family, Sister Cecilia, uh, <laughs> an aunt, one of my aunts who, who and I used, we used to visit her in the convent. And, uh, and and visit with the nuns, and mm-hmm. she was she was a she was like maybe five, four foot ten. She was you know fairly <laughs> small, and she had the traditional uh, nuns outfit with the big white collar and the the uh, black uh, to the floor robe with the beads and all that. And she always looked like a little penguin when she was walking around. And uh, even though, but she was absolute dynamite and uh, full of energy, and she became the. Um, of the, the head of the convent uh, for everywhere that they sent her throughout her entire life. So when you said that it did ring a bell, I just wanted to, to just put that in front of you for a moment because we, we did share a little bit of that, you know? Yes, yes. It sounds very much like my, my aunt, Sister Carmela, who, I, I like I said, I loved and adored as a young girl. And I always I was always so excited when she when we could go to the convent to pick her up for family parties and celebrations. So... And she was also mother superior for of her convent. <laughs> uh, she told me a, a quick story. I got to share it with you. Um, uh, she she claims that it's true, and I I do believe her. She said that there was a very uh, Irish Catholic spiritual couple, an older couple, and the uh, whites went out in the whole neighborhood at one point. So what they did was they reached for the uh, the holy water, which they kept in the cabinet. And then she went around. It was very, very dark, so she had to be very careful. And she sprinkled the holy water in all the rooms of the home. And because, you know, the, uh, the feeling is that it's a little bit of protection of her home. So it's a, it's a spiritual, uh, you know, it's a spiritual thing for her. And so she did that, and they sat there. And a few hours later, the power company turned the lights back on, and they both started screaming, screaming, uh, uh, all, all that they had because as they looked around she had grabbed the black ink instead of the holy water <laughs> and the black ink was literally spattered all over their home, drapes, <laughs> floors <laughs> Oh my gosh, that's, that's terrible uh, it, it, it's funny. It's funny to us. I don't think it was very funny to them at the time. <laughs> As a woman, I'm cringing thinking about that. But it was kind of a. I, it's one of those stories I do remember that she had told us. So I just wanted to share that with you. Now, <laughs> uh, Richard, yeah, uh, Rich, I want to ask you too. Now, uh, at some point, did you uh, tell your your parents that you were studying this uh, something called the Arantia book, and did you tell them a little bit about it? And how, if you did, how did they react to that? Yeah, they both know. My um, father, uh, I think he probably thinks it's from the devil or something. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, my mother's a bit more open-minded about it she's not 
you know, she doesn't necessarily think that, but she's also, I don't think she's necessarily interested either. Okay. Um, but I did send um, her a copy of, someone had printed uh, part four of the book as a standalone book, in, um, which, which is the life and teachings of Jesus. So I sent her that at one point and she read some of it. But, um, oh, that's good. That's good. That's a good starting point, especially with, with her background. Yeah. Um, I don't think she's really persevered with it, though. So um, I kind of just uh, dropped the issue with her, really. Okay. Uh, that's, I would say the same thing happened with me, is that uh, I did say at one point to them that, um, uh, you know, I've, I've come into uh, uh, some amazing uh, knowledge from a book I, I found at the Unitarian Church called the Urantia Book, and I, I tried to give them the broad picture of what the book was about, and I said, you don't have to worry, because I'm telling you the truth. I feel more spiritual, more closer to God, more closer to Jesus, more closer to angels and the universe than I've ever been in my life. I feel I feel it's just a, a, a thousandfold uh, a change for the better. I said, so don't, not to worry, not to worry. Please don't do that because it's it's just enhanced a lot of what was being said uh, when I was growing up in the. Uh, in the, in the Roman Catholic Church, and so not to worry because this is this is uh, amazing, and it's it's just something that is piquing my interest. So I really assured them, uh, and they 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 bought it. They understood that I was being sincere there. That not to worry because it was an enhancing, and it really does do that. I mean, when I was growing up and reading about Jesus and all the all the things that went on. And and then I and I thought I, I kind of had a good idea, but when the Rancher book came and I was reading that, it just so gave me layers and layers more meaning of what really was going on and said and thought. And and as you I think you would agree that lots of times you feel as though you are there. It, it's not not like look it's like looking not like looking uh, from uh, a far away. It's like almost being there and feeling what was being done there. And that's an incredible gift. So I just wanted to share that with you, that uh, I, I assured them that that's the, that's the case. Yeah, and I think it's yeah. important to make our parents, uh, if, if it comes to that, to, 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 to tell them um, our, our feelings there and to say, you know, this is something that is helping me to understand myself, God, the universe, uh, who I am, what what my role is in life. And so, you know, please understand that this is this – is, uh, an enhancement and, and that's and they, they they understood that yeah i have uh said that and i think uh my mother accepts that um my dad probably not but uh i've had some good conversations with my dad uh about some of the urantia book concepts but not necessarily saying oh this is from the urantia book and uh you know, he's been interested in some of the ideas, um, but uh, he's a very, I guess, uh, conservative, conservative Christian. Christian, you might say, and okay. very, very, yep. very Bible focused. You know, um, he doesn't really want to uh, think outside of the Bible. So, um, 
but you know the Urantia book goes outside of the Bible without necessarily contradicting the Bible. So there's conversations you can have there um, without necessarily disturbing somebody's existing um, thoughts too much. Absolutely true, and uh, and that and that's important too to to respect the uh, the others of your family of of what their life has been like and what they've grown up knowing, and um, but but just just giving them a little bit of what you're currently doing I think is fair, and then let them make their own decisions and so forth. But yeah, uh, just just keeping it real. That's what you're saying, and that's what I'm saying too. Um, boy, this is going really fast, and with the last uh, 12, 15, 12 minutes or so, uh, Richard, just if you can, um, uh, what, what uh, from the Rancher book uh, right to this tonight, just tell me, what things in the Rancher book stand out to you that you've, you've read and uh, have thought about that you would like to share with our listeners? Uh, are there parts of that book or maybe a passage or a sentence that – so, some concepts that you you kind of had the aha moment. Well, uh, it, I, I felt like the aha moment kind of just was there right from the beginning. Um, just the quality of the writing, um, it, I felt like I could immediately recognize that it was beyond human capability and uh it also has a quality to it where a very genuine quality where um i mean if someone was to fraudulently try and write something like this um you know there's things in the rancher book that someone who was trying to defraud people just wouldn't think of writing i mean it's it's so it's so uh it expands so much on on uh, existing concepts that um, you know it's to me it it just seemed self-evident when I was reading it uh, that it really was a genuine uh, revelation and um, something really new. Um, I feel the same way as as what you just stated, absolutely, and and some of the. Some of the passages are talking about the fact that we're not alone uh, as a, a populated planet, that there are mi- millions of others in seven super universes. That, that concept just blew me away. And then they, they, at some points they start being very detailed about some other civilizations in, in far-off universes and talking about the government and how the mores and how, how the culture is. That was absolutely sweeping uh, to, to me, though, that it just was amazing. It went way beyond, because I do have an interest, of course, in science fiction and science and physics. And, and uh, again, you know, we should tell our listeners that there's a lot of science and physics in, the, in this book, uh, besides the fact that it's amazingly spiritual uh, and that you could be uh, uh, in, the, uh, in the sciences and, and really come out uh, knowing quite a bit more, it also leads you to other uh, areas of study. Uh, there's a, a group, I don't know if it's still around, but there was a, um, a, a publication that came out every so often, and it was for scientists uh, to, who read the Arantia book 
and they discuss what the Urantia book was saying and how it might contribute to further studying and research. Right. Yeah. I, uh, I saw a copy of that, and I was absolutely like, whoa, that's incredible that it was leading them to think outside the box. Yeah, and the big, I, I guess one of the big messages for me is overall is just uh, that everything has a purpose and that, uh, you know, when you get that expanded view of things, you can more easily think of why the things that are happening here and now um, can have a positive long-term uh, purpose. Absolutely true. And doesn't it give you also a sense that um, you're looking at your, your fellow man with, with even more loving eyes, that you're, you're understanding a little bit more? Doesn't it do that to you? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, it really um, helps me to value the uh, all the unique perspectives that everybody can bring. Um, and just to, uh, you know, instead of being irritated with the things that maybe aren't naturally appealing, um, to, you know, be patient with people and realize that, you know, you have your own faults too. And, uh, that, you know, people might, See you in an annoying way too, you know. I mean, it's just uh, <laughs> you know, okay, well, it's about humility okay. and uh, humility and uh, tolerance of others and and loving of others. It really does enhance that feeling. It certainly has for me, and it, it kind of breaks the ice a little bit as far as knowing that, yes, you are among your brothers and sisters and that we are related and, and, and to treat them like that even more so, not that you would in any ways, but it, it does underline that and, and it really does make a difference. It does, in my life it has, and uh, I'm, better, I'm a better man for it. And I think that anyone that would read the book would come away with a more understanding and a sensitivity to other people of other nationalities, races, uh, other religious callings, all of that. It just gives you that amazing um, foundation. It, it unites us on so many levels, and, and that is breathtaking to me. Denise, I want to just ask you briefly, too, before we have to go, about your wonderful family. Um, have they started uh, studying any uh, spiritual things yet, or is it just too early for them, or how's it going? So, yeah, so uh, Rich and I are, we have two two boys. Uh, we have, um, our older son will be 14, and our little really? guy is 11. Um, wow. And uh, Rich, definitely, what you, you've introduced uh, the Rancha book um, through some, I don't remember what books you got. Um, you had bought the boys yeah. something. Uh, there was a book called A Young Child's Guide to the Rancha Book, um, but... Mostly it's been talking with them, I think. Um, I should one, – one thing I did want to mention also about just sure. my experience with the Urantia book, uh, that I, I think finding the Urantia book was really instrumental in uh, kind of generating a desire in me to have a family. Um, 
you know, because uh, some of my family experience back in New Zealand was a bit rocky, and so uh, I was probably a bit soured on the idea, but um, the way that the Urantia book talks about family, you can really see the uh, a tremendous value in it. Interesting point, very interesting point, and uh, I can understand that uh, totally. Uh, it does it does give you that, and uh, I I have some nieces and nephews growing up, and uh, I want to uh, I want to give them uh, perhaps something that that you were talking about uh, maybe through the yourranchbook uh, uh, dot org website where they have uh, they sell different uh, help books of different kinds. I want to explore that, and I, I think that it's. Uh, my job as an uncle to say, you know, take a look at this, you know, see, see how you feel about it. You know, uh, just open that door and then let them either walk through or not, but at least, at least give them the opportunity. I think that's something that uh, in the very near future, I will be more uh, doing uh, with the, my sisters uh, and uh, my nieces, uh, not my, the children uh, to do that. And uh, that's one thing. That people are generally more receptive when you don't start with, the Urantia book says, you know, just say something like, uh, well, what do you think of this idea, you know, um, and see see where it takes you. Mm-hmm. I mean, with our kids, we're, we really, we, we, we expose them to lots of different things. Um, Rich is exposing them to the Urantia book. Of course, we're, you know, both of us coming from a Christian background, there's Christian values being exposed to them, you know, when they, when we go home to visit my family, the boys have attended Catholic services with my parents. Um, and we have, you know, we live in a really diverse area of New Jersey. Our boys have gone to, um, Jewish, Jewish celebrations. So, um, you know, we're always open to discuss spirituality with our boys, but being too that Rich and I both came from families that, our religious upbringing was kind of forced forced on us. Um, mm-hmm. We also kind of want to give the boys some some room to kind of explore and see what feels good for them. Because um, yep. I know for me, you know, organized things are not, you know, I, I'm not really interested in them any longer. So, I, and I don't know if that's because it was, you know, so mandated what I do as a young child that I kind of now it's taken some of the joy from it. So, I don't want to do that to the boys. I want them to be able to find what works for them. And we're, you know, we're pretty open, but I mean, our family is built on, you know, strong Christian values. Um, you know, we, we, we practice the golden rule and we have that pinned up in our kitchen and, you know, we, we talk about, you know, the number one rule is love your neighbor as yourself. You know, don't, don't do anything that you wouldn't want done unto you. So. Yep. Well, it's been funny it's, to hear Brendan and David. I'm, so, I'm sorry. Uh, I was just going to say it's been funny uh, lately, actually, to hear Brennan and David have discussions with their cousin about religious issues because, well, the cousin's getting the real uh, evangelical Christian uh, doctrine. No, and, Catholic. Catholic. Oh, oh, not oh, not evangelical, but Catholic. definitely the the Christian uh, the Christian perspective uh, drilled into him and. Um, Brennan and David ask some pretty searching questions based on uh, what I've told them. So it's kind of <laughs> funny to hear the kids talk about it. 
Sure. Oh, yeah. I can just that would be that would be wonderful to to, to kind of hear what they're what they're discussing. And I also have to say that living in New York City, one of the other reasons I moved here was that I wanted to really get involved in other spiritual callings and other religious uh, uh, thinking. And so I have Buddhist friends now, of course, Jewish friends, uh, people, all kinds. I have a couple of atheist friends. <laughs> but you know what? It's, it, you learn from all of that, and it's such a, a rich tapestry of the world uh, thinking on, on these subjects and uh, just to go through some of the ceremonies or that I, I, I as last week I went through two of them and it was so wonderful to, to be in a, in a place where there were Japanese uh, uh, dancers and there were Buddhists uh, with drums and uh, those, uh, those uh, wonderful vases that vibrate and they were and, and chanting <laughs> and, and hearing all that, it's just such a rich tapestry of world thinking on this subject. And there's so many, there's so many things we've got that are that will unite us as in love and in understanding. Yeah, we can deny that. I mean, we definitely enjoy the city and our community, and have friends of, you know, all all different types of friends of different faiths and uh, different uh, upbringings and come from all over the world and uh, I love being able to expose the boys to all of that and then of course go home and and have discussions about different things Um, I mean I do think that is what makes you know for for a good upbringing is for people to try to understand other people and and grow and learn from from others and their backgrounds and their knowledge well, thank you. This has been a remarkable uh, journey. Thank you for sharing it with uh, me and with our listeners. Um, you're welcome to come back on uh, Nick's show, as I'm, as I'm sure there's much more to your adventure. Uh, thank would, you so much. Thank you. I would love that. Uh, Richard and Denise, uh, love, love to you both. Love to your family. Uh, you ran your book with Nick. Uh, wishing you all an enlightened journey. Till next time, explore the limitless love that the Rancher book uh, has. Stay safe and be kind to one another. Goodbye for now. Bye-bye. Take care. Much love to all.
children's proven magic she will give to you. You will dance in the eye of the storm, your carrot wins children, the cauldron born. Oh, lady, stir your cauldron well, chant your words and sing your spell. Deep within this darkened hall, hear the goddess carrot wind call. Come and taste of the cauldron's brew and magic. Will give to you. You will dance in the eye of the storm. Your carrot wins children, the cauldron born. You're the cauldron born, cauldron born. of Olympus. I am Hercules Invictus, and I am greatly honored to announce the second segment in tonight's show called Celestial Chariots. And I will be speaking with Nick Curdo, Michael and Diane Duncan, and Phoenix the Technodruid. Let me connect everybody here, and then we will start. Greetings and welcome all. How are you? Oh, we're great. Thank you. Thank you. Never better. Good to see everybody. Uh, Looking forward to tonight's uh, our show. Oh, we we are looking forward to. Greetings and salutations. Hey, Phoenix. Greetings. We have have an important duty. Um, I'll I'll, I'll get to it later. I'll get to it at the appropriate place in the show, but we do have an important duty that we need to carry out. Oh. Very good. Not a sad one. Oh. Not a sad one. Not oh. a sad one. <laughs> no, okay. not a sad one. Not, not a, a sad one. one. A oh, very good. happy one. Good. Thank you, Phoenix. Oh, I remember what? the uh, the movie the, the the Wiz, the Wiz based on the Wizard of Oz, and it was the black uh-huh. version of the Wiz. And uh, the woman, I can't think of her name, and she said, "Don't bring me no bad news." <laughs> it was a, it was one of the wonderful songs of that score. And I love that so much. Did you, do, did you guys ever see that? And do you know that song? Yeah. Don't don't was bring me no yeah. bad news. Yeah, was that Diana Ross? Wasn't. No, it, no, it wasn't. I uh, know it was another no. uh, wonderful singer. I can't think of her name, but she was amazing, and she was uh, really kind of an in-your-face kind of a character. And and she uh-huh. said, "Whatever yeah. you do, don't bring me no bad news." <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I almost want to say Hedy Lamar, but that ain't it. Oh, no, 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 no. I, I saw the I saw the Wiz with Michael Jackson. Now that was the seventies, right? Yes, that's right. It was a while back, but it was a wonderful show. <laughs> yeah, it was great. I, I do remember that particular number. I just thought that it had everything going for it. It was funny, and it, it did have a kind of uh, you know, don't don't bring me no bad news. I want good news only. <laughs> Well, we're going to be happy tonight. Like the philosophy of that, you know. That's a good place to start then. And um, one of the things I wanted to uh, inquire about, I guess, before uh, uh, we move forward into the the meat of the show, as it were, uh, or the 
protein-filled vegetables of, of the show for those of us who are vegetarians <laughs> or vegans. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, right. For the beans of the show. <laughs> um, I, I wanted to see if everybody is uh, happy with uh, the showtime that they currently have. Uh, because I'm modifying everything again, so I want to make sure that everybody has enough time uh, to uh, get their message uh, out there. So uh, we'll start with Nick, who currently has uh, two shows uh, of his own and is a guest on uh, several others. Uh, Nick, do you need a third program, or are the two programs you have sufficient for you? You know, there are some things that uh, are going on uh, in New York or in my life or or the people that uh, I'm close to that really aren't aren't uh, uh, material for either one of those shows because they're in a kind of a different category, uh, almost like what's going on now, like what's really happening. Uh, we mm-hmm. have some people uh, in my uh, Disclosure Network New York that are cutting-edge researchers, and uh, you guys get my, uh, my uh, DNNY News Blast, and you're aware... Yeah. But there is a lot going on that the general public really doesn't know. Not because it's not their, it's not their fault. It's just that uh, there's forces, major forces that won't let them know this material. And so, almost like a news show of what's going on now. If there's ever a slot for that, I just think that would uh, that that would contribute to the knowledge of the audience uh, on some on some areas they do not know enough about. So I would just say if there is a slot like that, like, like, like almost like a news slot of, of what's really going down behind who's, who's behind the, the curtain and what's really going down, I just think that would add a lot. So just, just for the sake of, of, of saying something like that, maybe at some point would be a great idea. Okay. Um, what I can do immediately is um, the fifth week of every month where there's a fifth week. And there isn't, uh, you know, like uh, um, uh, every single month. But uh, there are enough of them where um, I what I do is I don't schedule regular programming there to allow us for some flexibility. So um, for this fifth week of the month, uh, what I have one guest who I couldn't book at another time, uh, and then Phoenix is going to be starting his first uh, show. So wow. uh, I'm going to budget it uh, then. Uh, and uh, because those aren't every single month and, and they tend to move around, uh, it'll give uh, Phoenix an opportunity to, uh, you know, learn how to uh, conduct his uh, own show as you guys have. Um, and uh, also in the interim, uh, uh, Nick, if you'd like a special uh, that would be the quickest way to get a special. And then there are always cancellations, um, as you know. Uh, so uh, I can just prioritize you on the cancellation list. So if I know the cancellation is coming, not on the same day, but in the near future, uh, I can let you know about it uh, to see if you can you know, pull something together for that date. So would that solve uh, this problem for now? Uh, I think that's a great way to do that and to just alert me that there is a, an opening in blah, blah, blah days or whatever, uh, because I think that because we, we go through the news, as you know, every single day, the things yeah. that are breaking. And so it would be easy enough. There's a, I would say there's a good half dozen major research people that are on the cutting edge of what's going on. So yeah. uh, and they're all uh, they could be certainly available uh uh, so, yes, the answer is yes. That's a great plan. 
Okay, and do you want to change the name of your other show to Nick Curto Presents uh, the Disclosure Network, or do you want to keep that Disclosure Network with Nick? Uh, let me let me mull that for tonight, and I, if I may, I could give you an email tomorrow, and we could we could fix that. We will continue. Okay, that 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 sounds uh, awesome. Um, Michael and Diane, uh, you, you were on a lot more before, but now there were schedule uh, changes. Um, is the show that you have sufficient uh, for your needs? Well. Thank you, uh, Hercules, and it's nice to uh, be with you all tonight. Wanted to say that. And, thank you. Uh, thank you, thank you, uh, Hercules, for the generous offer. Uh, you know of, uh, you know, brainstorming to see if, uh, you know, we need more or or, or not. Uh, so thank you for that opportunity and the opportunity you've given us so far. I just wanted to put that in. Okay. And thank you. So, uh, you know, what I think, you know, based on that comment, uh, I think right now we're fine with the show slot and the, the uh, you know, the time allotted is, is perfect for us. Uh, and one of the reasons is, is because um, according to uh, information that we're receiving from Gabriel and the Celestials that are coming to uh, prepare us for the worldwide religion of love, they're saying that uh, this is a transition period, transition yeah. time, until the the beginning phases of the worldwide religion of love, which will start uh, in March 20th, or start on March 20th, 2020. So I think, uh, you know, they're telling us that it's a transition or preparatory time. So I think we're okay right now, but, you know, as the worldwide religion gets going, uh, with Mother Venus doing her work and Gabriel doing his work and others, that we might, you know, would just kind of see how it goes to see if there's more time needed or not. I, I, I'm I wondering if it might uh, work with us on that, if, you know, if we would need more time. For next year. Okay. Yeah. Yes. We 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 talk uh, not as much as we once did, but we still talk fairly frequently. So uh, we can brainstorm and we can you know, try different things. And uh, and this way, when you're ready, uh, uh, it'll be set up already. Oh, that's wonderful, well, thanks, Hercules. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. My, um, my actually, uh, they're having us start a few new things during this transition period, like they want us to put out a little newsletter every other week. And oh, awesome. that might that, that might evolve maybe next year when the uh, Worldwide Religion uh, of Love begins, maybe into maybe a program every other week. But I think right now I think we're, we're just fine. Okay. Well, <laughs> when you're ready to move forward, I'm here for you. And, oh, uh, thank you. We're going to be starting the uh, Olympian Outreach uh, very, very soon. So oh. what I will need from you and from uh, Nick also is uh, just some uh, literature flyers. And I'll need this sure. from you also. Uh, and yeah. uh, this way, as I go to speak, um, the flyers will be there. And uh, I've been doing this for years. I stopped, uh, I guess, this year because uh, I was spread in too many different directions and it was difficult to keep track of everything. But now I have some mental space so I can return to it. But this way, wherever I give a talk, uh, I can have the brochures available. I would introduce every group that's represented. 
uh, and then leave it open to people to explore on their own. And um, uh, We would like ahead. to send you uh, tapes, too, of the songs. Yeah. But we've just got tons of those, the DVDs. Uh, no, CDs. We, we wouldn't send the DVDs, I don't think, but the, the CDs. How about that? That would be awesome. And yeah. uh, this way, because we've discussed it before, not everyone resonates with the same thing. So uh, even though I'm finding that a lot of people resonate with uh, Greek mythology and theosophy and theurgy and all the things that uh, I am more focused on, uh, some people don't. So this way they might resonate with uh, the Urantia book. They might resonate with Disclosure, uh-huh. uh, with, with uh, a Preceptor Project, with uh, um, the uh, Maitreya of Maitreya's mission, uh, magisterial mission, with uh, the um, Sixth Revelation, with uh, the worldwide religion of love. So this way, people at a table, and they've been introduced, they can take the literature or the CD, uh, they can experience it, and then your contact information will be there, so they oh, can pursue it. Thank you. I okay, appreciate that, Hercules. And we'll we'll put uh, you know if people want to subscribe to the newsletter. The newsletter is called Gabriel's Messages of Truth for All People. Awesome. And if people, and if people want to subscribe to it on our flyer, I'll put uh, our email address and they can subscribe to that. And uh, if possible, you know I'd I'd like to you know put in my email at the end of the program here so people sure. can subscribe to the newsletter. The first one will be coming out this Sunday, Volume One of Gabriel's Messages of Truth for All People. And it's uh, the little um, the little mission statement is uh, dedicated to sharing Gabriel's words of truth for a better world and a better humanity. So that will be the newsletter. <laughs> that, that sounds uh, great. And I, as I post your contact information with the shows that we do and uh-huh. whatever link uh, or information I'm provided with, um, I'm going to be cycling that. Uh, and uh, remember once I'd asked everybody for like a bio, I'll be doing that again, like an updated bio. Okay. And uh, I will be like one one week it will be what uh, you guys are doing, another week it will be what Nick is doing, another week it will be what Phoenix is doing, another week it will be what Unarius is doing, another week it will – so in addition to – your regular appearances and promotional uh, information there, it'll also oh. be a separate extra uh, promotion. So I'll, I'll be working on those two things first, and I will also be integrating uh, parts of what you're doing into what I'm doing. Like I've already integrated the uh, uh, the prayer of thanks for life and for the blessings, uh, um, and uh, I've already uh, uh, integrated uh, how we're handling the whole uh uh, path of love, which is what uh, we're calling it Wonderful. here, and what, what mm-hmm. we've been given. Uh, so this way, uh, I'm going to integrate some of what uh, Nick is doing. I'm going to integrate some of what uh, Phoenix is doing, uh, and this way, um, it, it will create an even stronger portal uh, directly to what you're doing. Oh, well, thank, thank you, you, Hercules. Excellent. Sounds Excellent. great. Good plan. Really, that worked. Thank you. Awesome. Can, can I can now, I answer one? Can oh, I insert just one thing here? Uh, just, I just think that I'd like to, to, to just for one minute, I think you, you all would enjoy this. Um, I was uh, invited to a uh, – the UN was recognizing the bombing of, of Nagasaki and Hiroshima, and there was a special meeting uh, oh. uh, for that, and I was invited to that. And I know some of the people that were going to perform, and they were Buddhist monks. They were 
they were uh, people from Japan uh, doing incredible dances. And one woman uh, stood up, an older woman, and she and she she was. Uh, they said, "Will you please uh, just tell tell uh, from your heart what your feelings are today?" And she said, "I was there when they bombed. Oh, I was there." And she said. Uh, I just want to say one thing to everyone in this room. She said, here it comes. You don't know when you're going to see the person you love again. You don't know if there's going to be another time. And she said, just make sure that every day you tell the people and you show the people that you love how much they mean to you because you'll never know when the last day is up. So obviously, I believe it was her mother that she saw the last time, and that was it. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my God. um, Such a beautiful thing that she said, though, such a healing thing. I mean, this woman could have been screaming. She could have been in terror. She could have, you know, she could have done a a lot of different things at that meeting. And instead, she, she said one of the most beautiful things she could possibly have said, which is full yeah. of love and understanding, you know. I just wanted to share that with you guys because it was just yes. beautiful. Yes, um, that kind of goes with um, our, our new message from Gabriel. And he's been telling us now. Now, of course, we have uh, discontinued the worldwide prayer circle for world peace because Matreya is doing that, asking uh-huh. the Universal Father for world peace. But, but we have been told to pray for humanity every night, every night. And that kind of goes with, with what you're saying. Uh, I yeah. think because of all the things that have been happening and, and uh, all the... Uh, um, well, the disasters and uh, tragedies. tragedies, the tragedies. And so he's been telling us, and we've been doing this every night, every evening, praying for humanity because of all these disasters and exactly what you're saying. You never know the next day whether you will see your loved one or not. It was such an Very amazing true. thing to say. And, you know, she had a kimono on, uh, you know, the, the ceremonial and so you couldn't see, except for her face, you couldn't see any other part of her body. And I was yeah. wondering, I was wondering if there was uh, scars and so forth physically. Oh my! Uh-huh. You know, because if oh, she was yeah. that close, uh, mm-hmm. she's lucky to even be alive that she could even yeah. survive yeah. something like that, and she did. Yeah. But it was uh, heart wrenching, and so yeah, oh, uh, again, what what an amazing woman she was is. Um, you know, Nick, too, I don't know if you remember uh, reading about uh, that, but the emperor of Japan, he and his family, and he said that the Heavenly Father, God, had told him not to um, get involved with what uh, his uh, generals and people wanted to get involved with. And he wow. told the people, and he was against it, completely against it. And so they removed him and exiled him to another part in Japan uh, until the war was over. But after the war was over, why everyone uh, gathered to him and brought him back because he knew he knew that God was right, and God had told him not to get involved with what they were doing, and he went against them. So that's why that the family is oh, so revered today. Yes, well, they did. All his military generals and everyone went against him, and it proved that he was right. And so that's why that they're so loved and revered today. 
What a wonderful story. I never heard that before. Wow, that's incredible. Yes, yes. God had told him that that I was the wrong thing either. to do, and he fought against it. Hmm. Wasn't it, wasn't, oh. it, wasn't it 1967 before they could go back to Nagasaki? And, I mean, they, and this is still a tradition to, to this day. They go back to, I believe it's Nagasaki, and uh, the festival of the cherry blossoms, but now that you cannot walk down those streets, you're driven by bus. Oh. Um, and you, there, there was a significance where I can't remember the significance in with that has to deal with that emperor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's like he. This is the day. This is the day we shall resume our and. Thusly, they you know thusly the cherry blossoms had came back onto the trees. It was a few years later. Yeah. I would imagine they were a lot bigger bigger than um, they originally were too. Uh, Whoa, I want to but... tell you, Phoenix, that uh, they Japan gave the White House the cherry trees that are on the grounds of the White House today, and that's why we have them there. They were given to us by Japan by the emperor. <laughs> What was that after the war? Do you know, Diane? Yes, 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 yes. The White yeah. House. Yes, and they were given to us, and that's why they have the beautiful cherry blossoms there on the White House grounds today. Ah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow, exactly. again, wow. again. Wow, that's it's incredible what's there. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, one of the things that uh, I just wanted to share with you, but said, well, again, I was sitting uh, waiting for the meeting to start outside the gates of the U.N., and uh-huh. a, a woman sat on the bench beside me, and we just, uh, I was on the phone, and she heard what I was saying. And when I oh. got off the phone, she said, I- I'm terribly sorry, but I couldn't help but overhear your conversation, and you've sparked. <laughs> I need to talk to you. <laughs> she said, <laughs> tell me more about this, this Disclosure Network New York. Oh, wow. <laughs> and I said, well, and I told her, and it turns out she was really on the same page on so many wow. levels with her uh-huh. that we're going to go for coffee next week and uh, and discuss it because she was amazing. And I get up from the bench and I'm waiting to get my badge to go in to, to the gate. You have to go through heavy security and they give you a badge. And as I was waiting, this, this other woman was talking to a friend of mine and I walked over to them and she ends up that she has traveled her whole life all over the world. I mean, name a place okay. and she's been there and she does peace movies. She oh, produces, directs, and she, she does peace movies. And I'm going to find out more about that. I'm going to also have coffee with her next week. And awesome. she's an amazing woman. I'm going to have her do a speech with my uh, a talk with uh, my group because she's so amazingly dimensional on so many levels. And I just wanted to – the reason I'm mentioning this is the synchronicity of meeting yeah. two amazing people. Wow. Uh, and, and she said to me on the bench, she said, Nick – there are no coincidences. This, right. this was meant to right. be. And I said, well, you know, I totally get what you just said. It was just like all of a sudden, tap me and tap her and say, you should talk to each other. It was amazing. Yeah. It's so strange you're all bringing up Japan because uh, our son Alexander has gotten all involved with uh, Japan and writing the Zen poems. And we had to redo his whole room. So now he has a Shinto shrine on wow. his uh, table, and it's an antique one that I was given by a uh, Shinto uh, family, 
And so it's over 150 years old. So I gave that to Alex for his room. And then also um, he has the Immortals, a set of the Immortals on top. And now he's got uh, a picture by Hokusai of the Great Wave and then some panels in Japanese going. And then we just got him a duvet that has um, all of a Japanese uh, print on it. So he's really uh, all into this Japan. (laughs) That's terrific. That is so great that he's exploring that area. Good for him. Yes. And and good for you to encourage him to to do that, to take that journey. It's wonderful. Yes, and he's also studying the immortals, and he's um, uh, drawing the immortals and the seven lucky gods. And so he's checking out all these books on the library, at the library, on all of this. And it's just fascinating. You know, I wish more people would uh, study history and that part of history so that we will never, ever, ever have another war like that again. You know, when I was a kid and I first learned that there was such a, a thing as a, a bombing of, of, of uh, Nagasaki and Hiroshima, I actually didn't believe it. Honestly, I didn't believe it. I said, that, that couldn't possibly be happening. That, that couldn't happen. They, that, that would never be. And it's, Nick, it is. It, it happened. And here's all the blah, blah, blah. And I, was, I, I remember I was totally shocked because I saw the pictures of what happened to the buildings and, of course, the people. Oh, my God the people in mass and what was going on. And it just, it just seemed like this is, this couldn't be any worse. This is humanity on its lowest possible level. Oh my God, but it never happened again. But again, I I just didn't believe that that could even happen. And it did. Right. And 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 the emperor, you know, um, actually the religion of Japan is strange as this may sound, but I have articles that, uh, the Japanese religion has a lot of aspects of the ancient Egyptian religion. Oh, really? And uh, fascinating yeah. articles, the connection of the two. And the emperor was actually thought of, like the pharaoh, as God incarnate. And when he put out his message that God had decreed that he was not to get involved in uh, this war, you know, it was really a striking thing because everybody else was all gung-ho for it, you know. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. But, uh, wow. Yeah. We better learn from history, right? We So we right, never repeat right. that again. Listen to the gods. <laughs> yeah. You know. So, uh, Phoenix, uh, what you were saying yes. that you had to share with us, uh, uh, share it with us. Okay, Hercules, first off, um, we need to help teach Prometheus the value of being Prometheus so that Prometheus may rise to be, uh, to walk amongst us. Um, okay. uh, you know, um, just hash that around in your head for a couple of days before you even get back to me on it. But yeah, well, no, um, Prometheus, Prometheus has chosen to rise. The Prometheus well, we have visited with Prometheus lately, you know, um, Phoenix, he has been coming to us. Um, Prometheus, we call him Bright Alfred. He introduced himself as Bright Alfred at first. And he's the son of Clymene and his brother, Atlas, uh, which he introduced himself at first as Brian. Prometheus is walking the, walking right now. And that's one of the superheroes that we're talking about that have come. 
Yes, we're calling now, Brad the, Alfred. The, he's a beautiful, beautiful celestial, and he's been talking to us for quite a while now. In this, yeah, in this instance, in this instance, it's actually a person. It's actually a person um, who's cho- who's choosing to um, who's choosing to. I guess you could say wear the superhero mantle. You know, we are we are larger than life in real life. That that's our whole thing. So yeah, he's this is a particular person. Um, Hercules knows him well. That is choosing, and, and uh, this is going. To, hopefully, hopefully, I might even have a co-host on Perceptor. Um, so, yeah, um, and I mean, we could spin off a whole series of shows about how this works and that works and what we're doing. But you know, let me just say, the future is a very, very bright place for all of us. Um, and yeah. Yeah, from things that that the individual can do. I mean, if you can sit in front of a computer, you can do this. Um, To all the way to how, you know, we are affording the tech to um, do, you know, do these amazing things. Uh, There is a a project, uh, and we're always looking for projects, but there's a project that we're waiting on right now that might bring water to the desert. I mean, we're talking millions of gallons, fresh steam water, you know, cooled down to, to the desert. Just, uh, let's say 10, 10 hours drive from Juarez, Mexico, Uh, anywhere in the, uh, I mean, that's, that's, that's as close as, that's as close as I can tell anybody. And I'm not even really sure of the complete latitude longitude there. Um, yeah, now, as far as activity goes, Nick and Hercules, now, from other sources, both spiritual and, um, incarnate in the form of people that we all know, well, I mean, each one, people, you know, we would know these people individually, you know, but the reigning, the reigning it's interesting you were talking about a change in the mission because the reigning instruction as far as everything that I've found um, with the C5 or any of that is it's time to start teaching these people why to end the war. Look at what we can accomplish. Look at what we are just a short step away from. You don't have to wait for Elon Musk, you know, um, you want to get into science and futurism? Hey, man, you love your planet? Put an orbital ring on it. Um, all of this is possible in this generation, in my generation. And if we hustle, you know, Hercules will live to see it. All of this is possible, and yeah, the change, the change in the instruction is uh, get down with your bad self. And start teaching people, start showing people, obliterate, abolish war entirely. Exactly. I mean, we want to not only we want to not only see we want to not only see our fifth dimensional brethren, but or, or, excuse me, our sixth sixth dimensional brethren 
uh, not only that, we want to see our extrasolar brethren come back. We got to give them a reason, guys. Right. Um, right. I, I mean, and I'm not, I'm not, I'm not like trying. I'm not. Um, I'm a maker. I'm a maker. I'm like the. I'm like the polar opposite of like one of those anonymous fools. Um, you know, I don't have to wear a mask to create things, and I'm not going to complain about it. I'm going to fix it. But, um, the, yeah, the word, the word, as far as the anything disclosure, anything CE five, anything on the whole maker side of that is get the is got, has changed within the past week to pretty much get down with your bad selves and show them. Do you two concur on this? I mean, have you guys heard this same thing from your individual sources? We we have been told some amazing things just this week. And I really can't get into those things because they are a little bit um, um, too much to really bring out right now. We're, we are in a transition period. They have done The future is shiny. Hmm? The what? future is shiny. We yes, can just say is. the future is shiny. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Uh, the shining ones, they, they say they want us to see every person as a shining person. That's why we will never have war again, because we're going to see each person just as if we were looking at a celestial or a god. That's what they want us to do, to look at them that way. And so you would never, ever want to hurt them or anyone else. To start looking at each person, no matter what race or religion or culture or whatever, as a shining one. To change our whole perspective of how we view other people that we deal with. Did you happen to hear the podcast I did uh, just an hour ago, the Urantia uh, book with Nick? Did, Did you happen to hear that? Oh, no, we, we did not. Okay, the reason I'm bringing that up is that there was about five minutes of that podcast that it was exactly what you're just saying. I mean, it, oh. it's just striking to me that what we were talking about as far as what the Arantia book brings to uh, the people that read the book is, is that you are looking at a brother and a sister. You're looking at uh, someone who deserves respect and love. And, and nothing less. And the Rancher book uh, absolutely underscores that and encourages that. And you can't not read the book and come out of that not feeling that. And we discussed that with uh, Denise and Richard Daunt. Uh, and it was, uh, if you could have heard it, Diane, it was just. Oh, I'm sorry. So no, but it was so parallel to what you just said that it's just amazing to me that it really, just exactly what you just said. We were talking about that, so that's, that's, hmm. it's wonderful that you know we're all thinking in those same lines. Well, um, what I wanted to say was that we have been told that they have made some decisions and changes at this time, and then we asked them. We asked Gabriel. We said, "Well, uh, what about the people? Are all these changes going to filter down to them so that they will change and turn and be good?" And they said. Do not expect them to turn to be good overnight. They said, give some time for the worldwide religion of love to come.
come about and for all of the um, celestials to be working on that and working on the people. So do not expect the people to be uh, turn around good overnight. You have to, We have to, we're told, wait until the worldwide religion of love can start to sink in and can be put out. So... Uh, we're just biding our time and observing right now. And the changes that these celestials have made, have they have been made already. They are done. They have made some very important decisions as of July the 2nd, 2019 at 7 p.m. But the people, it will not shift down to them for a while. We will not see it. But they will, and there is a bright future. And if, if this message, as you say, the Arantia book has two, I don't recall, but uh, to look at every person as a shining one, then that will bring about some hope. And the people, it will filter down to them eventually. But we're told not to expect it right away. Okay. Again, the, the words might be different, but the, the feeling and the thought are the same. Yes. Yes, of course. The folks from Junarius also believe that there's a, a bright uh, future, and that's part of the, the message uh, of uh, what I'm doing as well. And uh, Phoenix, uh, Prometheus, the Promethean impulse has been rising for a very long time. And uh, uh, yes. just like all the other um, Olympians uh, or Celestials, uh, have aspects which are materialized in this world, Prometheus does uh, as well. Um, but it, that's not a new thing. Uh, Prometheus has been rising for for a very long time. I was going to say, no, no, the man is always, has always stole fire from the gods, you know, even if it's just to light my tail feathers with it. You know, uh-huh. uh, <laughs> Uh, but yeah, yeah. Do you have tail feathers? I never knew you had tail feathers. (laughs) (laughs) And you guys know. Well, come on, guys. He's Phoenix, you know. (laughs) He's Phoenix. That that bird has feathers. He's the Phoenix. Absolutely. I never thought of it that way. Wow. Unbelievable. (laughs) You know, the, the Chinese have for thousands of years said that the dragon was on top and underneath is the phoenix. Dragon is the male, the phoenix is the female, and that beautiful bird uh, represents the the Holy Spirit of the feminine. Ah. Interesting. Very, very yeah, interesting. They, they have a brand new coin out with the uh, square in the middle and the dragon on top and the beautiful phoenix underneath. You know, it's it's a beautiful symbolism of the yin and yang and so forth. Remind me to actually tell the story one of these times on how I picked up that nickname. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And now, okay. So as far as far as the things, I guess the preceptor is going to meet as a show. Um, Nick, yes, you are sitting in the hotbed of a lot of activity. Mm. Um, tell me, tell wow, me. Wow, it would almost New York. <laughs> it would only. Uh, 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 no, no, I'm looking at it from here, and it's you know it's almost legendary, even by New York standards. I mean, I can I can zoom back on the history too. I see it ebb and flow every day. That's why one of the reasons I chose the city, you know. Um, but wow. 
Wow. Did you see the news I mean, clip you're, you're, uh, when people, or well, it was Times Square, and I believe it was night, and uh, someone's, I believe it was a motorcycle, started backfiring and big, big sounds like explosions that, that uh, thousands of people thought it was gunshots. And there's a, a and the news, did you see the thousands of people running north away from the sound because they thought it was gunshots? It wasn't, but they, they were just not taking any chances and they ran for their lives. They ducked into buildings and restaurants anything they could find. Did you see the news of that, that little clip? Yeah, it was in Times Square. Yes. Yeah, exactly. It was right in Times Square, right in the heart of everything. And, yeah. boy, that was just something to see, you know, like all those people that were just really fleeing for their lives. They they thought there was something major going on. So. Mm-hmm. Oh, see, boy. The, the one thing – okay, so one thing now – okay, if, if – they're going to they're going to push through 5G. We have no real control over it. What oh, are we yeah. going to do? Chop down every tower? Uh you know, they'll they'll just build more. Um control over it. Now if you leave it in low power mode where it's designed uh-huh. to be, then it, you know, it's safer than um the world time clock signal that comes out of Denver and like propagates all around the world and stuff and that's what your atomic clocks are set to. Um, if if you leave it in low power. Now, if you put it in high power, and Nick might be familiar with this one, um, now, a higher frequency and recombinant, recombinant DNA restructuring yep. uh, equals people that go through, are walking through subway tunnels, really honestly getting the jingle stuck in their head. <laughs> <laughs> like there's a, like they walk past this one, you're gonna get this commercial all the time, and it's playing in your head. That's you outrageous. This one, you're gonna... Absolutely outrageous. And I know what you're saying is true. And there's a, there's a lot more uh, down the pike. And it's just an outrageous uh, te- technical thing that should not be happening. And it seems like it's it's growing. And it's very, uh, uh-huh. it's very disturbing. I went to a demo of uh, against 5G last week in the West Village. And uh, do you know um, oh, what's his name? Who does? Who's the health that expert? That is not a stock. That is not a stock 5G technology, by the way. That is an experimental one. Oh yeah, uh-huh. exactly right. Exactly, and hasn't been tested nearly as much. We don't know how. We what we do know, it's not safe. That's what we do know so far. And as far long range long range of timing on being exposed to that amount. Nobody has a clue, but it doesn't seem good at all. And they're, they're, well, what you're no. saying is true. They're shoving it down our throats. I, I'm looking at buildings and the, the, the amount of antennas that are going up. I counted 20 antennas on one building uh, yesterday, the other day. I couldn't believe uh-huh. that. And the people that were living underneath it and beside it, Oh my God! Uh-huh. Would you want to live like? Would you want to live beside towers like that? Oh my God! It um, was horrible. Uh, yeah, I do want to mention to you guys that uh, Gabriel said at the end of one of our meetings. Uh, I was asking him. I was saying, well, you know, they want to have the wireless in every home in America, and right yeah, now right. we have the wireless in our libraries and in our schools. And Gabriel told us, he said, if they put the wireless in every home, he said, America is doomed. He's right. He's absolutely right. And and people are not nearly as 
knowledgeable as they should be about the dangers of this and uh, allowing this to happen. Um, Gary Gary Knoll, who is a, a health, uh, you know, he's had many hundreds, about thousands of books. Uh, he's got a radio program. He's very well known, and he came to the uh, protest of the of the of the uh, of the uh, what was going on there, and he gave an incredible speech, absolutely incredible about how bad this situation really is and it how is. it's being bulldozed past everybody. I went to him after the meeting and said how much I appreciated what he had said, and I gave him my card because I'd like to have him on my podcast sometime. But he was brilliant, a brilliant man, talking about you have no idea what they're opening up here, yeah. and it's a can of worms that will be very hard to ever close oh, yeah. once it gets going. Yeah. You know? and especially children are susceptible uh, Phoenix, yeah, you probably know some research on this. Immaturity. Well, it can yeah. be uh, well, damaged. I mean, if it's in schools, and if it's all over, block to block to block, they want this because you need towers every a very, very short distance to make it work. Right. The yeah, right. tower goes about absurd. to about 120 feet and offers you almost fiber optic speeds. Uh, we, yeah, we but I mean, it's got to be low power at 120 feet. No, you're you're looking at every street light containing a 5G hotspot, basically. Yeah. Yep. Think of that. <laughs> you know, um, and this, and this, I mean, if you if you trick it out to your phones, if you trick it out to your phone, it's like now your phone just got fiber optic, is what they're shooting for. Um, in the IoT industry, myself, um, I it, it goes. <laughs> Dudes, I don't even need a computer anymore thanks to EOS and Ethereum. I don't even need a computer anymore to make a 4G and 5G tracking device that would I tell it to follow one person and from New York New York County line to New York County line on other side. Uh you know, I hope they take a visit out to Hero State Park, man. I thought it was a liberating experience. Wow. And you know, and, and, and you know, back into the city, you can track those people digitally without even using a computer. Of course. It, it is. It is yeah. You guys remember that episode of the X Files where the dude is like trying to transfer his brain? Mm-hmm. That's literally the next step. Mm-hmm. That yeah. is literally the next step. Yeah, I'm. I'm and, so okay. sorry. But but there still is hope, though, Phoenix, because we're told that they. They they are going to uh, make sure that there is hope well, and that everything will work out. They are they are no, saying will. we will succeed and the people will succeed. Good. Well, uh, okay, like so positivity. Amen to that. Amen to those thoughts because yes. it, it has to. We don't have a choice here. It must it must succeed. The peace and getting rid of all the dangers that are really upon us right now and getting strength. I'm getting a lot of internet sales uh, to invest in 5G. You know, oh my goodness. I mean, are, are you are you guys also getting? I'm getting like deluge no, of these. No, no, I haven't heard of that. I, I get that. No, every well, I, no, it hasn't hit Utah yet. But what I can tell you as a businessman, it's no. coming anyway. So you might as well make some money on it in the meantime. <laughs> you know. I, I don't want my money going. I hate to, to say that. You know, no. You know. <laughs> I don't want my money going I to, hate to say that. hurt anybody. Yeah. I, that's not a good use of money. That isn't. 
Well, you know, guys, we don't have Internet in our home. We put it in for a few months because Michael became president of Urantia, uh, UBLA, and so we thought we had to have it. But the angels fought us, and they told, they told us, no, you can't have it, and you take it out. And we took it out. No, I, I took Wi-Fi out of my apartment, and I have a wire from my modem to my to my laptop. So it's not broadcasting beams. It's going through a wire. Yeah, it's and I was told that's that the that's only secure way. Uh, Phoenix, doesn't that make sense to you? Dude, that's just that's called good. That's called good internet security. Uh, oh, I, I have a wire. On, I, I I do wireless to my Xbox, and that's about it. Well, Phoenix, <laughs> Phoenix, why don't you make this the subject of your first uh, show this month? Uh, and uh, I will uh, send to you and Nick what available slots I currently have uh, in the fifth week. And uh, it sounds like both of you are phenomenally well uh, informed about this. Uh, so why don't you make that the topic of your first show? That, that's a good idea. Because that, nothing is, I think, that's hugely important, especially now when, it, when it's being thrust upon us uh, on, on many, many levels, as we all know. And uh, so that, that's an excellent idea. I, I'm for that. Definitely, me too. And then that also that also gives a chance to help spread education about, you know, know your radio, know your frequencies. Like, guys, yep. seriously, I've spent about a month and a half studying, and I I am ready for my ham extra. Uh, you know, pretty soon, pretty soon, I'll, I I hope to walk away with 1,500 watts and broadcasting power if I need it. That's going to make a really cool CB. Fantastic. <laughs> and but, we've reached the end of our journey for tonight. Uh, we have uh, a little bit of minutes uh, left. And I would like for all of you to share your uh, contact information. We will continue this meeting on another day. Uh, but I feel we have enough to work on for now. So uh, uh, I, I will work with each of you individually to um, get into place the things that we've already talked about and also to dream of, uh, of uh, you know, things uh, or to convey things we've been told so that we can uh, navigate through the future better. Uh, since uh, Phoenix is starting his new show this month, uh, we'll start with Phoenix and his information. Phoenix? Okay, for right now, for right now, still I'm going to link uh, everybody to the main Facebook Perceptor page. Uh, that is facebook.com forward slash ROR Preceptor Project, right? Or just look up Project Preceptor. Um, I, I test my own search results anytime. Uh, trust me, I can be found anywhere around the world. Just look for the <laughs> UFO. Um, now... Now, um, as far as the rest of that goes, I'm getting a Discord online, which will be on posted on the thing. Um, I'm also bringing up uh, a few, uh, like a GMRS repeater, which is we'll get into in, in, in that next show. Um, I'm also bringing that up online so as to set up a communications network in the, in the advent of a grid failure. Oh my. So, yeah. Uh, my my cell phone is eight zero one eight six zero five eight eight three. Text me first. So. Oh, very yeah. awesome. Nick Curdo. Yes, sir. Uh, they can reach me at n i c k n y n y the number one. In other words, the figure one at gmail dot com. They can reach me there. 
I would welcome uh, any and all emails, and I would do my best. Also, we have uh, a meeting coming up in a couple weeks with a brilliant, brilliant researcher. Uh, Marcy Gordon is amazing, and she's going to give a, a talk on the cutting edge of what's behind the news. And I, 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 you'll be oh. on the edge of there. And that, uh, you, you can find out more about that, uh, about her, by going to our website, and that's dnny.info. It's right there. Thank, thank you, Hercules. Very awesome. And last but certainly not least, uh, Michael and Dan Duncan. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks, Hercules. Thank you so much for a wonderful show tonight, Phoenix. It was really great to hear you and to, uh, you know, get a glimpse of, of all the wonderful and exciting things you're doing. And, of course, Nick, you're always so dynamic, and uh, oh, yes. you're just a, a, a spiritual mover and a shaker. And I hope everyone will listen to your two shows. Uh, thank you. Love you guys. I love you on both of you and thank Hercules. You. Love all of you. And we have a show every fourth Thursday of the month on CERN Radio with Hercules. <laughs> uh, our show is called Gabriel's Worldwide Religion of Love. That's the name of our radio show. It's every fourth Thursday of the month. And our upcoming show is Thursday, August 22nd from 6 to 7 Pacific. And it would be uh, 9 to 10 Eastern. So catch us, catch us talking about Gabriel and the Worldwide Religion of Love. This coming Thursday, or not uh, this month, uh, Thursday, August 22nd. We have a YouTube channel that has 77 videos now on it. Uh, wow. Awesome. Fantastic. Of, uh, we have our celestial team meetings, celestial gatherings. We have uh, radio shows uh, Hercules with Hercules, and Nick is on a couple of those too. They're really exciting. Uh, nice videos. And we also have some of our uh, songs and our artwork in videos on our YouTube channel. So 77 videos of a lot of different things and a couple of Urantia book talks also. Uh, and we have, uh, we have an email. It's michaelduncan1 at hotmail.com. That's M-I-C-H-A-E-L-D-U-N-K-I-N, the figure one, at hotmail.com. And I do wanted to mention that we do have four... Urantia Book inspired song albums, and they are on a variety of downloading and streaming sites like uh, Amazon, iTunes, Spotify, things like that. But you can catch my artist page. Uh, it's it's at CD Baby. That's C D B A B Y C D Baby. Go to artist page, Reverend Michael Duncan. So wow. that pretty much covers it there, and. I did want to mention, like I mentioned at the beginning of our show here, that we are going to be putting out our first newsletter of Gabriel's Messages of Truth for All People. So what we'll do is we'll put that out. But if you'd like to subscribe to those, they'll be uh, probably bi-monthly or uh, uh, bi-weekly, actually, bi-weekly. Everything's free, of course. Oh, yeah, everything's free. Oh, everything we do. <laughs> yeah, just... Just just email us at michaelduncan1 at hotmail.com so that we can uh, put you on the list to, to have the, the new newsletter, Gabriel's Messages of Truth for All People. Thanks again, Hercules. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks to everybody for I was just told we have 90 seconds uh, before they cut us off. 
Um, and uh, to be continued, this is the beginning of uh, uh, Olympian outreach. Uh, we didn't get a chance to talk about the, the Star Trek uh, aspect of it today, but we will start <laughs> off with that uh, next time. So thanks <laughs> to all for joining us. Uh, until next time, this is uh, Olympian outreach and all its members wishing you joyous journeys and amazing adventures. <laughs> Thank you. God bless you. God bless you. Love to all. Love to all. Everybody. God bless everyone. Olympian blessings to all who have joined us on our adventure. Now, go forth and create a better world. One filled with light and love. On behalf of the Pride of Olympus and her crew, may your journeys be joyous. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs> 